doll, you never show me nothing but kindness. She would say, I know how sad you get. And some days I still get that way, but it gets better. It gets better, it gets better. Sweetie, it gets better, I promise you. And she'd tell me, she'd tell me. Hi, thank you for joining me. I'm Hecate, and this is Finding Okay. And I'm joined here today with, uh, I'm with Lila. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Trigger and content warnings for this episode include the following. Psychiatric medications and side effects, weight gain, body image, depression, anxiety, COVID-19, and quarantine. Check in with yourself. Make sure you're all right to continue. Okay. So I'd like to start by asking you the question that I always ask, which is, are you okay? I mean, like, I feel like I've had a lot of ups and downs, so I wouldn't say okay, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good compared to how most things are going for everyone. Yeah, what's what's been going on? You know, as someone with agoraphobia, there's a part of me who's like really deeply relieved that I get to stay at home because, you know, I tried to avoid people for most of my life. And um, it's really, it's just really, really nice to be able to sleep a lot. Like today I slept for 10 hours, which I wasn't expecting to do, but I'm really impressed with that. And having like deep rest is something I haven't had in a really long time. Uh, so that's been great. So I'd like to hear from you a compliment that you received that you've never forgotten. A girl I had like hooked up with in the past, we were like hanging out in my bed and she looked at my body and was like, you look like a painting of a Greek goddess, like Aphrodite or someone. And I was like, whoa, Aww. that's a, that's a compliment. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. And you never know what's going to stick with you, which is why I enjoy asking that, that question. I would also like to know what's your favorite color or color combination and what do you associate with it? My favorite color is turquoise or some kind of blue or green shade, cyan, Mm -hmm. sky blue, and even like periwinkle actually is like a really nice color. Oh yeah, I actually really see that with you, yeah. Yeah, I love periwinkle, but it might be like the part of me that's like really into complementary colors, like a purplish color with a nice cream yellow is just like so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I associate like blue green colors with like the sky and the ocean and my bed. And generally those things bring me a lot of comfort. It also makes me think of the dress that you wore when you got married. That's true. Yes. I love that dress. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I um I saw the the video that you sent me of the wedding. Thank you so much for sending that. It was so sweet. You guys are so in love and it was so beautiful <laughs> to be able to see that moment. Thank you. It looked like a really lovely and moving ceremony. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, uh what happened was um we we took our time to pick what kind of judge we wanted. Like I did some research and I, I thought I was like, oh this woman would be perfect um to marry us Mm -hmm. and then last minute she couldn't make it 
So this other woman judge showed up and married us and we were so blown away by her. She she was so nice. And even the script that she was reading to us was so unbelievably beautiful. Like we didn't pick anything for her to read. Like she just read it and read it from her heart. Mm. And then we noticed that she was crying. <laughs> oh my God. She was crying. And we were like, oh my God, like you really feel it. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like really hugged us. And she's like, you guys have made my whole day. And we were like, yay. <laughs> Aww. So next, I'm going to ask you the um, the more complicated question, but also my favorite and the one I consider the most fun, which is if I needed to summon you in a ritual, what five things would I need to place as offerings at each point of the pentagram on the floor? Definitely like a cat. <laughs> Definitely a cat because I'm a huge cat person and love the crap out of my cats. Um, and post literally all about them all the time on social media. Like yeah. there's nothing else going on on my social media except my cats. <laughs> I'm not mad about that. Your cats are adorable. Thank you. Thank you. I think so too. I'm like, I'm a proud <laughs> mama. <laughs> I would definitely feel like maybe a hula hoop because I have really been into that for quite a while now. And I feel like uh, when I'm really in the zone hula hooping, I'm like almost like, really meditating and I want to clarify you you actually do um like performative hula hooping it's not like 90s in your driveway like we but you do like <laughs> serious hula hooping that's really awesome thank you yeah I mean that's like on on break that's not happening anymore now mm -hmm. it's more like in my house hula hooping but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really take away how I feel about it now that that part of my life is on hold so I guess like, yeah, hula hooping is like a dance form for me. Yeah. On um, one of the other points, I would definitely put like a, a plant. I have quite a lot of plants now in my house. I have had like a spider plant that had lots of babies. And now I have all those babies, <laughs> <laughs> just like Aww. baby plants on every corner. I'm learning how to propagate plants now, which is which is really quite exciting. But that's been an interesting new part of my life. If I was going to pick a specific plant I would probably probably choose like a peace lily because hmm. I, I don't know if you've had one in your life but um I quite, haven't they are quite resilient plants and they That's literally tell you when they need water which is amazing if you if you're not great <laughs> about figuring out a time when to water your plants that plant will remind you when it's time to water like most your plants because it just kind of like droops over and it's like, I need some water now. <laughs> and then you go over and water it. And it revives like within a few hours. Yeah, my pothos is like that. It's really, it's really nice how communicative it is. I love pothos. They're so amazing. Yeah, mine is crawling all over the walls of the art studio that I share with my partner. And I've always wanted a plant that climbed and spread across like walls or like over bookcases. I've always wanted a plant that like draped over bookcases filled with books and so it's um it's definitely obliging me in that way yeah I mean that sounds like a wonderland like it sounds magical <laughs> mm -hmm. so we've got a cat a hula hoop a peace lily I would say ice cream <laughs> what flavor oh you know I'm a plain gal I really like just some regular old vanilla ice cream and you are 
lactose intolerant, is there a brand that you would suggest for anybody else who's lactose intolerant? Yes. I have tried nearly every single like vegan or like lactose free brand. And the best one I found like hands down, and I don't know if it's just in Colorado, but it's called Nadamu. It's just mind blowing. I love it. All the flavors are just so unique, but the vanilla one is just like so delicious. Really tastes like the, the vanilla bean in it. I think you had me try some of that and it was some of the pistachio and I think it was the first time I'd ever tried yes. pistachio ice cream and it was the the Nadamu and it was so freaking good. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, now I was want great. Them. Um so we have cat hula hoop peace <laughs> lily vanilla ice cream. What's the last thing to summon you? Like the most softest blanket in the world or sweater, one of those. Ooh. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> like something I can live in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like nest in. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect answer. Thank you. What are three most important parts of your self-care? Um, definitely drinking tea. I don't go a day without having some tea, which is it's just very soothing. Like herbal teas or oh, oh yeah, herbal. I don't I don't really do caffeine that that gets me all all crazy. So <laughs> definitely just focus on herbal teas. Um, I, I have like one cupboard full of <laughs> full of tea that my wife is just dedicated for my stuff. Mostly I like celestial seasoning tea. The peppermint tea blows my mind. Nice. Yeah. I would definitely say getting snuggles. Best self-care is snuggle time. And uh, like showers and baths, something, you, you know, you can submerge yourself in water and kind of like check out from the rest of the world. And that's very ideal to me. Nice. Yeah. What's your, your situation? How is, um, how is quarantine affecting you? I can't go to work and I'm now unemployed working in the, the restaurant industry, you know, so I was working as a waitress yeah, that was one of the first things to go. It's just like, yeah, you can't be here anymore. Quarantine has affected my employment and I had to apply for unemployment, which is, mm -hmm. you know, helpful when you have no source of income. And, you know, that, that stimulus check has, has been great for helping with rent. So you did get a stimulus check? I sure did. Yes. That's great. I was kind of concerned about that because I had read that people who had married immigrants weren't receiving stimulus checks, that it was like something really, really inappropriate and racist that's been going on. And it looks like someone's suing the president Oh uh, yeah, over that. And <laughs> I really hope that that's resolved because that seems like it should be wildly illegal. I did think of you um, and wonder if that was going on with you. It definitely didn't affect me or my wife in any regard. I got the, the 1200 and I got that pretty quickly. Uh, same with unemployment. There was a, a huge backup with everyone having had applied for unemployment all at once in like a panic. And a lot of people didn't yes. receive uh, unemployment right away. But we, we got our yeah. really quickly. A lot of uh, states' websites were crashing. And yeah, it's it's been a shit show. Yeah, none of that happened, but we did wait like a week or two before we applied because uh, we had 
some okay. some in savings. So we kind of waited until that that huge rush kind of ended so that we could just get in there and, and apply and not worry about the website crashing and everything like that. And we have yeah. a little money now and, and that makes a difference when you have no money. Yes, it does. Yeah. I still I still feel like you know it'd be nice to receive money for her and me, but because she doesn't have everything in order yet to, you know, okay. be legal here yet, it it can okay. be hard. Yeah, I hope we get things figured out because certainly you both live and work in the United States and pay taxes, whether federal or state, like you're, you're members of society. And I feel like uh, you should both get money in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice since I'm not working. Um, you know, my wife is working like a little bit for the restaurant still, just like here and there, but not a ton because uh, she's doing more like delivery service because that's been a big thing right now uh, where they're hiring mostly um, all around different mm-hmm. restaurants and such. And, like They usually keep like the, the cooking staff and then they have people who can like help with delivery stuff. And okay. um, so she's been kind of working like maybe a few days a week with that. But what happens is that um, the tips don't always go directly to her because of like specific delivery systems that people order through. So yeah. sometimes she just doesn't get those tips. That's fucked. It's it's not like we, we get a ton of money, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, I would say I would say finances are tight, but you know, we're not homeless or starving and I'm very grateful uh, for what we have. You live in an apartment together with your two cats. And so you've been just holed up there um, with her doing delivery stuff. Is that kind of the, the situation for now? Yep. Yep. That's it. Right. That's what it's like for now. We we just moved uh, into this new apartment. Really lucky that we just moved before all this went down because that would have been quite stressful. And so we really are happy to have our space before we lived like with a roommate. And had we like waited a little while to move, we would have been stuck with this said roommate that we weren't quite enjoying being around. Yeah. So at least we're we're quarantined with our lovely selves and no one else and our wonderful cats that we get to spend time with. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you have your own space. Me too. You're a married couple. You deserve your own space. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. It's like, oddly enough, this has been my my dream for way too long. <laughs> Probably for the last like eight years, all I've wanted was like to be happily in like a healthy relationship and to have a space to share with that partner and now I have it so it kind of it it feels like a little bit like a like a dream like I have to kind of pinch myself a little bit I'm like why I get to spend all this time I don't have to wear pants like what like (laughs) (laughs) I can walk around naked like this is great So there's the dream aspect, but then what are some of the ways that quarantine is challenging you? I feel like being alone a lot has been having a lot of um, existential life crisis thoughts. And that that has been really good. Um, especially when my, my brain goes for all those, you know, low blows of self-deprecating thoughts. <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, questioning my artistic talents, my physical appearance, my intelligence, and you know, other abilities I just don't quite feel capable in. Mm. I, I would say that it's been a little bit of a roller coaster with that, 
Okay. So really kind of settling in and your brain having time to uh, to dig deep into those insecurities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been Ooh. it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. It's been a bit frustrating learning how to, you know, kind of change my thought patterns and, and just starting like on the tip of the iceberg of that, like how how I can do that and, and better love myself, which is a very challenging thing to do, especially when you have like trauma or, you know, you've always been told you're not enough a lot of your life. You tend to have this tendency to just really go for all those like really negative thoughts first thing um, when you're alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, even though I enjoy being like alone um, as someone with agoraphobia, like I really enjoy having my space. Um, I also just like feel <laughs> I feel awful like when my wife goes off to work and I'm suddenly just alone with my cats and I'm like you guys can't talk to me so like I mean like head but they can't say words <laughs> so I'm just like oh god I'm stuck with myself like how awful it's just been a process that I've been going through trying to trying to be okay with being alone and being okay with being with my thoughts and myself and and just like tapping into what what is it and how how do you start to find self-love yeah self-love is definitely a challenge yeah I would say that yeah Bronte has brought that up a lot uh within me personally I don't think you're alone with that I think a lot of people have suddenly found themselves alone with themselves and that's uh that can be extremely stressful yeah it is like you when you have like things to do all day long you're just distracted all the time and then you come home and then you're just like I'm gonna put on some Netflix you know there's always something to distract you social Mm -hmm. media video games um, even like cleaning your own house you know you just get meticulous about something um, and you you kind of tone it out and push it somewhere dark 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 corner into a dark corner (laughs) and just hope it stays there but it's kind of like servicing, servicing now. And, and there's not much you can do except look it in the eyes and be like, well, okay, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Has your past trauma uh, come up for you unexpectedly during this time in any way or thrown some extra challenges at you? For sure. Yeah. Well, I guess now that, like I said, it has more space to shine, it's like really stepped out there on like a big pedestal and I'm forced to deal with it on on the daily. But it feels like it feels more bearable, you know, to be able to deal with it all when when I have someone supportive that I live with, um, you know, a loving Mm -hmm. wife and uh, she communicates really well with me. And uh, otherwise, I, I just wouldn't really know what to do with myself trying to navigate it on my own, like completely by myself alone. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's nice to have someone to, to listen to what's come up for me. And, you know, also having a therapist I talk to every week has been a big thing, big help. So so you're doing like weekly therapy. Is it like over the phone or? Yeah, it's it's like um, over the phone or through video chat. But we, we definitely try to work through and navigate through all the overwhelming trauma that's been coming up. How has it been affecting you having stuff like that come up? Is it have you been having any panic attacks or depression, anxiety? Like how is it manifesting for you? 
if all you're comfortable talking about yeah. it. <laughs> all of the above. Um, definitely uh, panic attacks, um, like anxious behaviors, like obsessive cleaning to just like get, get myself like to do something. Sometimes I just feel like paralyzed and I just have to like stay in bed for a day or um, crying, lots of crying. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've also, uh, you know, it's also not helpful that I was transitioning between medication um, as this whole like quarantine happened. Oh um, shit. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was it was a bit oh, rough. Um <laughs> that is miserable timing. I am so fucking sorry. Medication changes are shitty at the best of times. I that is fucking unfortunate shit. <laughs> Dude. I'm it so was sorry. really bad. Oh, I was like, God. what is happening? I feel like like my emotions were so erratic, you know, and um I don't know if you've experienced side effects from switching from one antidepressant to another. Um, oh yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'm off else. my medications for the first time in my life, and I'm really grateful for that, uh, especially because I react really strongly to medications, and I'm really uh, I have a predisposition towards really irritating and uncommon side effects. So like I'm the kind of person like it like a, a low dose will affect me in a really strong way that will really surprise the doctor or physician. I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like what's happening? Why am I experiencing this weird thing? And I'd have to like go deep into that like packet that you get with every medication to look at uh, clinical trials. And it would be like, you know, point like one seven percent of people experienced this really random shit. And I'm like, that's it. That's the thing I have. <laughs> um. Well, ironically, I have the same exact thing, and and my doctor is very fascinated with me as her client, uh, and she she lets me know every single time like we call and we talk because I'm calling because usually there's something wrong happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, my whenever I have side effects, they're like extreme, uh, like what people would have, like you know some dizziness. I have. I had um, vertigo every day. I like couldn't do anything but lay on the couch or sit on the couch or crawl into bed. Getting up to pee yeah. was awful. Like the room was spitting and I could barely walk. Oh, that's awful. So I just stopped going anywhere, um, like not even outside to enjoy the sun or go around the, the lake nearby. My wife always had to keep her arm kind of wrapped around my um, my arm and or my back or, you know, trying to make sure I was supported in case I got too dizzy. I fell. So that yeah. happened for a month. I had like, oh, God damn it. That's awful. Yeah. I had vertigo for like a month, which they say is not, it's not unusual per se, but for the long length of it that I had, they said it was kind of unusual. If you're at all willing to talk about what medications you're on, that would be amazing. But if that's personal, you don't have to. But just if you are comfortable, I know that some listeners might struggle with medications or be on various medications or be having experiences that they feel alone with. I was originally put on Zoloft, which um, is supposed to kind of help target with the things around agoraphobia. Um, so that's kind of why they put me on it initially to help with like uh, anxiety going into crowds and, and general anxiety disorder kind of thing um, okay. helps with depression. Uh, it's supposed to, it's supposed to counter both depression and anxiety, which is what I had a lot of. So um, I used to be on it for, uh, for depression. 
way back oh, really? in the day. It had to be like very small amounts, but gradually what I've been realizing and what it took like years and a whole shit ton of bad experiences with various medications to figure out is I do not do well on SSRIs at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what we were coming up with a little bit. What happened with that, the reason that I didn't stay on that one, I gained, I gained like 15 pounds in like uh, almost two months. So that's rough. Yeah, it was not great. Um, and I had a, I had some bad uh, hives from it in the beginning, like uh, breaking out on my hands and on my feet. And uh, that was pretty awful. I just felt so itchy. I'd have night sweats every night, um, decreased appetite, like I was nauseous all the time. And then suddenly I was like hungry mm-hmm. all the time because <laughs> I was like not eating. Yeah. I mean, wow. it, it did, in fact, help with my anxiety and with my depression because I was like at an all time low, which is why I went on it. I was so resistant my entire life. And I've had I've had depression my entire life. I was just at an all time low and my wife was really worried about me. And I was like, OK, yeah, I'll just go for it, you know. And I heard from several people they've been on Zoloft and it's like not the worst. And so I was just like, well, all right, I'll just like work with my doctor. Also like putting it into perspective that I'm working with like a normal doctor, not like a psychiatrist or anything like that. So she's Mm -hmm. sort of just like trying to figure it out as we go. And the reason for that is because like I have Medicaid and it's it's kind of hard to get in with a like a good psychiatrist. So it is fucking impossible to get a goddamn psychiatrist on Medicaid. (laughs) Can I just say that? Holy shit. I feel you. Yeah. So much. (laughs) Like I I was in Colorado um, and even even moving like back to the state that I'm in in New England. Oh, my God. Lord, I have had such a fucking miserable time trying to get a freaking psychiatrist. So, so frustrating. Sorry for all the furious cursing, but the system is so fucking broken and I'm like just so over it. It totally is. It totally is. I was very frustrated and actually like um, experiencing like the side effects that I was experiencing. um, One of of the ones that affected me the, the absolute most was that I would go to sleep and I'd wake up and it felt like I just lived a whole other life while I was asleep. I can remember every fucking detail of every fucking dream. It, and most of the dreams were like horrible dreams, you know, like the worst of the worst, like being oh, alive, no. you know, kind of thing. And remembering, remembering how that felt. So when I woke up, I felt like I was still experiencing like this level of anxiety like I was trying to run away from a bear you know like when I woke up (laughs) and then having to you know put on my face and go to work and like pretend I'm normal (sighs) eventually it was just getting to me so bad I would just like cry (laughs) cry before I had to go to sleep because I was just so afraid to sleep and then with that they were like well maybe we should give you sleeping medication and I was like okay I guess we'll take some throw in some more meds with that you know It's interesting that you mentioned that about like the the time warp thing with the uh, with the the vivid dreams. Mm-hmm. I've always had like really vivid recall with most of my dreams, but I do remember like back in high school when I was on uh, I think the most amount of Zoloft that I was ever on, and it was also with like 500 milligrams of Lamictal and 10 milligrams extended release Adderall and maybe something else. I was I was like just drugged to my fucking eyelids oh my um, in, in high school. It was awful, but I was on 
Zoloft at the same time. It was either Zoloft or um, or Prozac when I had the specific dream. But I was having very vivid dreams, and I've had that happen. Like you know, whether it has to do with uh, with medication or not. But I remember this really specific experience and it was I lived I think an entire month of my life and it was really fucked up and I I think I had been involved in it in a hit and run uh and then I hid the body oh and was God. lying about it and then there were like body parts like showing up or something and I was trying to to figure out every it, it was there was a lot of anxiety hiding corpses it was very stressful oh. you know <laughs> And so it was just this really bizarre month of my life that never happened. And I had to wake up and go to school and was like, what the hell is going on? Like, it was really bizarre. And um, but I've never had like such a serious time warp happen where it was like such an extended period of my life. Like, I felt like it was two weeks to a month of my life. And then I woke up and none of it had happened. Damn. Um, and uh, and I think I was probably on Zoloft. Um, so that's interesting that you mentioned that, is. that time warp thing. That is. I mean, I spoke to uh, one other person about if they experienced what I was experiencing on Zoloft, and they said no. Like they they have very very just like nice sleep, and I'm like, wow, like okay, like, <laughs> mm. just me then. All right. No, that's that's the thing with medications is they affect everybody differently, and. Um, you know, what works for one person really doesn't work for another person. You know, after I got off the Zoloft at one point, I was put on like the smallest dose possible of Prozac, which is something like, I want to say like 10 milligrams or something. Because Mm -hmm. if I go over 10 milligrams of Prozac, apparently I start hallucinating. Oh no. Which is not a very common thing to have happen. That was, um, that was was weird. Yeah. My, uh, my ceiling started uh, dripping, and by dripping, I mean no. turning into breasts. So my ceiling started turning into breasts, <laughs> and it was, you know, thankfully it wasn't like a super immersive, like you know, I wasn't like alarmed beyond just sort of like, oh, well, this isn't supposed to be happening. But I do recognize that it is a hallucination. I wasn't like, oh my god, no, my ceiling, boobs. <laughs> You know, that's not the worst thing to be coming from a ceiling. Like, <laughs> Not at all. You know, like, oh, no, help, titties. <laughs> They're coming for me. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I'm just imagining someone, like, opening the door and I'm just trying to, like, motorboat the this, this ceiling or something. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> No, it it was it was just me like laying back in my chair, just kind of staring up, just sort of like, hmm, I should let my doctor know about this. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so they reduced my dose of Prozac so that my ceiling wouldn't be covered in breasts. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I came off it later because I was kind of like, you know, I'm I'm not hallucinating if if I'm taking 10 milligrams but if I take more than 10 milligrams I hallucinate doesn't that mean that my body doesn't like this drug should I should I even be on 10 milligrams and and eventually that's what I just kind of realized was this is another SSRI I shouldn't be on SSRIs 
yeah, it's it's just not good. And uh, and that's me personally. Like everybody's different, but but certainly like keeping tags on like what kind of um, drugs you're on and like what works, what doesn't work, and following patterns. Because if you can rule out an entire class of medications, that certainly helps you in the journey to figuring out what does work. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, I actually had like an, an appointment with my doctor and it was kind of a weird day. The, the whole like power of the building shut up, shut down. And we were just like sitting in the dark in the hospital. We're just like, what the hell? <laughs> but, uh, you know, my doctor was like, all right, well, guess what? You're, it's your lucky day. We have a psychiatrist on duty today and, you know, she can talk to you. I'm like, oh, great. All right. Yeah. Let, let her in. Let's talk to her. And I just thought that she was just great. The things that she was suggesting for me were so extreme. And I can't remember for the life of me what the medication was that she told me I should get on. But she was like, yeah, SSRIs don't work for you. You need to be on this like very extreme drug that's like, you know, people wrote about it in the New York Times about it being like so hard to get off of once you're, once you're on it. And it's like, you know, very painful uh, to get on it. It's very painful to get off of it. And, it, you know, some people get a little crazy. But uh, for people who can't deal with SSRIs, this this is like a good one for you. And I just like, I started like, wait, that was her selling the medication. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, that was her saying you should do this. That did not sound like a, yeah, Hmm. she kind of just like, let me know up front. She's like, you know, it's, it can be very difficult. She goes, but if it works for you, it like, it's like magic. It's like, you know, you don't need anything else. It's, you don't need to mix it with any other medications. And, you know, as a psychiatrist, I always recommend that we don't add more to the mix. And I was like, okay, I get you. I get what you're saying. But, you know, that seems like really extreme. So, you know, my doctor came back in after she had left and I told her what she had said. And she just looked at me. She's like, I, w- I would very much disagree with that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I would too. And she goes, yeah. And seeing as I like, I know you for longer and, and know more about like your, your experiences with like depression and anxiety, I, I really wouldn't recommend that for you. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad you're on the same level as me, that you get me. You're not trying to force me to be on anything. So that's good. I'm so glad that you have a doctor like that. Yeah, I really like her. She's, she's just very, very caring, which is hard to see in the medical industry, you know, when people are so burnt out. Yeah, very, very cold and clinical, but it's the stuff that, you know, your life depends on. Exactly. So it's nice to finally have met a really, really nice doctor who cares about her work. Um, you know, she's like a little older, so she's obviously been in the industry for a little while. It's been it's been a good connection having her, but it's also been, you know, fun whole roller coaster about like trying different medications. So um, after she had seen how much weight I've gained after being um, on this Zoloft. She was like, well, all right, maybe it might be a good time to switch you to something else. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Cause I don't, I don't feel like gaining like 20 pounds next, you know? So mm-hmm. we decided to switch me over to Wellbutrin, which has been known to help with weight loss for one. And for mm-hmm. two, it kind of gives you uh, like a boost of energy. So you have more energy to do things. And I had been feeling more low in energy, like not able to motivate myself to get things done, like not even able to get myself back into the things I love to do. Like I full on quit hula hooping. I hadn't touched it in like many many months, not even painting or drawing, like basically shied away from everything I loved. And so I was like, you know, I I feel like I need Mm. more energy. And my sister had been on Wellbutrin for let's say over a year and she said that it worked really really well for her so I was like well you know we're like similar in genetics so maybe you know it can work 
No. <laughs> I was on it for years. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear more about your experience. It was, it was pretty good. Um, so is, is that something that you're on currently? Is that working for you? This is the one from transitioning between the Zoloft into the Wellbutrin. I had the Vertigo for a month. So mm-hmm. I don't think the Wellbutrin was working that well. Mm. The side effects were so severe, like the, the dizziness. I did have some breakouts and highs, but not as bad as when I was first on the Zoloft. You know, I don't feel anything at all. I'm on the lowest dose. Like, I'm on 150 milligrams, and that's the lowest you can go with Wellbutrin. And Mm -hmm. I've been on it for over a month now, and I don't feel anything. Like, nothing. No difference whatsoever, except for the fact that I got crazier. (laughs) Like, my, my moods got wild, and... I just was more likely to burst out in anger, more likely to cry at the drop of a hat, like watching like Netflix and seeing like someone's dog run up to them and hug them. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's so sweet. Like they're hugging their dog, you know? <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> ball. I would just ball, you know, like my wife is like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> and it's very unusual. Yeah, like a swelling of commercial music and you're like. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I felt like heightened in emotions. Like I would look at my cat and think about one day he's going to die. And then I just would cry for like an hour. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) You know, like just, it was, it was too much. It's gotten better since the beginning of that. You know, I still have bursts of anger, which I'm not usually prone to experiencing like when I was like a teen you know and all that angst I would just like I would throw some shit you know as an adult Mm -hmm. I'm really level even when I'm arguing with someone I don't like scream at them so the difference in that was weird like I uh, I threw my phone at the wall like I was so mad about something so I didn't really enjoy that and finally I Mm -hmm. was actually yesterday I spoke to my doctor about all this and she was like yeah I think it's time to take you off of it because if you're not feeling anything positive from being on this medication after being like over a month on it there's no point Mm -hmm. in having you on it I was like okay yeah yeah I would agree with that (laughs) yeah so I don't know Mm. if like when you first got onto it if you felt anything or nothing or like what was your do you remember what that experience was when you first started it the first time I went on it I was um that when I mentioned I was drugged to my eyelids I forgot to mention I was also on 300 milligrams of Wellbutrin so oh god (laughs) at at one at one point I think I was on something like 50 milligrams of uh of Zoloft 10 milligrams of extended release Adderall 500 milligrams of Lamictal and 300 milligrams of Wellbutrin but yeah, I was on a lot of meds. Um, so it's hard for me to say as easily what I felt with that specific medication because that medication has always been prescribed alongside other medications. And that kind of tempers uh, your experience of it because it's interacting with other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was always prescribed with the goal of it leveling out my moods or helping with depression or taking the edge off of depression. And in that way, I think it did help. And it was also, I think it helped with a little bit of that like motivation, um, giving you some some energy or or positivity back, kind of like having a, a rope that was available in the hole as a lifeline to kind of keep you from, you know, getting stuck. 
Um, so in, in that way it was, it was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just have to wonder, like, cause I, I went off it within the last year for the first time in many, many years. And it was just something that I gradually started to feel like I was ready to do or mm-hmm. like it wasn't working for me in some way. And I started to, to just kind of like ask questions, like it didn't start to feel right. And I just honestly wonder if it was that my brain was starting to produce chemicals that it hadn't been producing properly Mm -hmm. and maybe it was just feeling like like it wasn't needed anymore uh I it's hard for me to say like I just I still don't have a very clear idea of like what the fucking deal is with my damn brain but yeah I uh I finally you know felt okay and it was it was certainly like something that I did gradually because like going on and off Wellbutrin it was not it was not fun that was medication that was kind of like a bumpy transition on and off it. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to remember too. Um, my memory of of this stuff gets really like foggy, shitty because like I want to. I should have taken better notes, like because the you know the the doctors always want to know like oh what were you feeling when and I'm like I don't fucking know like I don't feel right. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is the least helpful thing I could be telling you, but you know, in in the moment, in the moment, I'm more articulate. When they like ask, "What were you feeling?" or "Do you remember what went wrong with this?" or and I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I assume I felt bad. <laughs> not helpful." Yeah. Um, I mean, usually when you're experiencing the bad feeling, you're not going to be like, "Oh, let me just write down how bad I was feeling today." You know, like you're just like, "I want to forget about it." considering like medications in the future they'll be like oh well it's similar to this were you on that yes I was well why did you go off it what was wrong with it I couldn't tell you (laughs) well great that'd be that'd be awesome to know about now so certainly like if you're playing with medications my suggestion is um as much as it doesn't feel like something that you are you know prone to do it but taking notes about various like medical decisions, like medication changes and like why you went off this or why you reduced this dose or what you were feeling that made you do that. Open a Word document or something in your computer and start just making those notes. Because if you move, if you make doctor's changes, if you have to shift from like different prescribers, being able to have those notes is going to be invaluable for years. And then even like if you're still with the same doctor, they don't always take the notes that they should take. Oh, it's <laughs> and, true. And shit gets lost. Um, so being able to to do that, that's something that that's for you that will help you. So that's that's certainly something that I would advise. I definitely think that's a good thing to do. I also wonder having like hives from antidepressants, shouldn't mm. that be a huge sign that you shouldn't be taking it because it's like your liver is overworking itself, maybe. I mean, that was my thought behind it. Like if you're having like these horrible side effects from a medication, it's usually that your your liver is also being overworked. But I'm also not a yeah, doctor. Yeah, I, I that's exactly what I was about to say. I'm not a doctor. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, certainly something to discuss with your doctor because um, certainly if you're having an allergic reaction to a whole bunch of stuff, then, you know, there's, there's gotta be an underlying reason for it, you know, and certainly, uh, you know, your doctor is likely to be aware if there are certain ingredients that are drug classifications that, uh, that these things have in common, that they might be able to, to tell you what you should avoid, or if there's a class of drugs that you just shouldn't be on. Right.
how are you nurturing yourself right now during during this time? Recently started meditating, which is hard, you know, but but also great. I would say that, you know, listening to my friend read this awesome book on Facebook Live every day has been really helpful to nurture myself. And um, <laughs> are you are you talking about me? A hint, hint. <laughs> Well, well, thank you. I'm I'm glad that that's been helpful. Yeah, it has been. Um, I think memories around books is very nurturing for me because hmm. it brings a lot of uh, memorabilia of like the past, like n- nostalgia or comfort or mm, yeah, a lot of nostalgia and comfort from that. My most pleasant memories is like a child is like um, we would all like get together and like read Harry Potter, you know, or or read just like some of my favorite childhood books that just changed my life in a way. And it was like one of the very few times with my family that um, we would just like, you know, not fight. We would all just sit together. And like, if someone said something, we would shush each other, you know, just like, oh, we were like, just really, really enjoying the book and whoever was reading it a lot. So often uh, when I turn on your Facebook live, session, it really helps me kind of like calm my nervous system down. And then I'm able to start focusing on doing things that are productive. So like, I'll do something small or something big, like I'll be listening to it and then do the dishes that have been sitting there for more than like two days or um, start organizing my books in a certain way that I had wanted to for a while that I was putting off or I don't know, start to uh, slowly work on a on a piece of art that I've been avoiding for like over a year. <laughs> so yeah. at the end of the day, when the day is over, I can just look at what I've done and be like, you know, I think I have something to be a little bit proud of because I did something today. That's something that I've been noticing for myself too, is like, even if I just do one thing, being able to, at the end of the day, say I did something, even if it's small, it doesn't matter what it is. Like yesterday I planted seeds I planted some uh, cat grass for my cat, Asha, and uh, and I finished a book. And, you know, my sleep schedule got really messed up and I felt really weird and I had kind of like a down day. Uh, but those happen. But I am able to say like, but I planted that fucking grass and I finished <laughs> that weird fucking book and that <laughs> shit happened and no one can take that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. It's also great when you can kind of recognize that too, because mostly you get through a day and you're just like, oh, I didn't do anything. And you don't really think about actually what what little thing you did and how to celebrate it. Like you mm-hmm. don't you don't honor it as something important. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> you can get really, really down about yourself. And I mean, I I do it all the time, you know, like my wife is always like, at the end of the day, you know, like, what, what do we have to be grateful for? And I'm just like, man, nothing, you know, because <laughs> I'm just feeling like, <laughs> like, I feel like poop, you know, like, I just don't, I don't want to think about it. But when you actually start training yourself to like, think about those things, you are a little kinder to yourself. And uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely say that's yeah. more, more nurturing and like a good way to change your thoughts around things. Something that I've noticed over the years, I, I have a planner. And my planner isn't electronic. It's actually physical. I use something called the Passion Planner, and I adore it. And it just really works well with the way that my brain works. And I use color-coded pens, and I use stickers like a huge nerd, and I fucking love it. (laughs) 
it's cute. It's great. And it's also like I have ADD. It's good for my memory. Studies show that when you write things down, it helps with memory retention. Mm -hmm. So me writing things down in my planner is much better than me having an electronic planner. So I have that. And right now, I think a lot of people that have planners, whether physical or electronic, their planners, if they're not an essential worker, suddenly got really fucking empty. And that can be weird. And so Mm. I think a lot of people may have abandoned their planners and it may be contributing to the experience of like, these are lost days. But something that I noticed with the planner is, I think a lot of of us have this tendency is to make to-do lists that are too long. And so you make a huge list of like, here's what I'm going to do today. And then you write way too many things down. And then at the end of the day, obviously, you didn't have time to do them all. And then you feel like a failure. Mm. And that is not a good feeling. And it just you you just cycle from like day to day to like unfinished to-do list to unfinished to-do list. And one feeling of a failure of a day and another feeling of a failure of a day. And you just feel like shit and keep making yourself feel like shit. So instead, like if you do write to-do lists, be realistic. How much can you actually do in a day? How long does it take you to do each thing? And how much energy do you actually have? for these things, especially during this hard time. Like, remember that it's completely normal if you don't have a lot of energy for some of these things. So during this crisis, everything is more difficult. You have limited emotional and mental energy and resources. So it's okay if you can only do a few things. And what I started to do with my planner during this you know, quarantine situation. Um, You know, I had like a couple of weeks of just sort of like empty planners, you know, like weeks. So it was just Mm -hmm. sort of like page, a couple pages of like blank, blank. This is weird. This is weird. (laughs) And then I started um, getting back to something that I had done before, which is instead of what I'm going to do or what I have to do, write down what I did do. Writing down, um, like filling up the, you know, like the time slots in, you know, like the daily section filling it up with like what I did with my day, no matter what it was. If it was like I watched TV or I walked my dog or I read or, you know, like I helped with the dishes or, you know, so like I'll have a section that's, yeah, like a to-do list and maybe it will all get done. Maybe it won't. Usually not all of it will get done, but I'll be able to look back on each day and see what I did. So it's a much more positive and productive thing to be able to say that wasn't a day that I didn't do anything like those were hours of the day that I did something and here's what I did and so celebrating and as you said honor it so honoring what I choose to do with my day that's really helpful for me right now without the structure that's external right now being able to create that for myself and honor what I'm doing with each and every day so that's that's really positive. That's really helpful for me, creating structure for myself. I'm I'm still trying to to figure out how to do that. But yeah, that's just an idea that I thought might be helpful for people if if they have planners that are looking empty. If things are kind of weird, write down what you are doing and honor what you are doing. And even if there is a completely lost day where you literally just lie in bed, then that's what you need to do for your health. No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> have had those days like you mentioned you had had some too right oh totally yeah I think I think it's um 
what what you just said was so relevant for for everyone right now or even for people who have had experience like depression or um like agoraphobia or anxiety you know just sometimes it's just really hard to just get yourself to do like this long list of things that you know you need to get done and some of them are important it's good to just break it down for yourself and be realistic and i i'm really glad that you said all that because i feel like anyone who might be listening who might be having a hard time they would definitely relate with that I think that's powerful, you know, to hear someone admit to that, because sometimes, you know, we look on social media and we see everyone just like having this like somehow still perfect life (laughs) while in quarantine, like they're still going for walks on the trail, they're they're being more motivated to do creative uh, projects. And you're just like, and I'm like a potato here, you know. (laughs) So I think it's it's really nice to hear that. And um, it's kind of inspiring, too, because then you're just like, yeah, you know what, I just have to be patient with myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and also, like, remember that social media is definitely, it's it's like a mirage of normality. And what you see of other people's lives on social media, that's what people choose to put out there. That's not the reality. And certainly like right now, what people are sharing is the positive stuff. That's them like choosing to celebrate like what's going well. Like maybe they are some like perfect, amazing person that is creating something out of nothing and is able to to create structure from chaos and, you know, the whole like chaos is a ladder and they're like, I'm going for hikes and my relationship is perfect and I feel amazing. And it's like, well, not everyone is going to feel fucking amazing in the middle of a global crisis. That's okay. Chances are that like if they're going for hikes with their dog and they're putting it on social media, maybe that was the only thing that went right with their day. Maybe they fought with their partner the whole fucking time. You have no idea. Maybe they were depressed and crawling up a fucking mountain, like trying to make (laughs) something happen every day. You have no idea. We have no idea what things actually are. We only know what people want us to think and what they think it's appropriate. The public face that they think is appropriate or they think is expected. You never fucking know. And so you have to remember what you see on social media from other people is not the standard. It's not reality and it's not expected of you or you shouldn't rather you shouldn't expect it of yourself. So everyone's doing the best that they can. And just remember that a lot of other people's lives are are very potato like as well. Um, (laughs) It may not be what they're putting on social media, but everybody's got sweatpants in their life. (laughs) I promise. Even when it's not a global crisis, everyone's got sweatpants. Right. Oh my god. I'm like what is a bra? <laughs> like <laughs> going back to bras is going to be hard at some point. <laughs> Fuck it. I I I stopped wearing mine years ago and I'm really happy. Oh good. Oh good. Yeah. yeah. When you when you're when you have a little bit more to jiggle, you kind of <laughs> you got to need a little it's extra. True. It's true. There there's definitely like some people that that's not an option. That should be said. Good point. Good point. Yes. <laughs> would love to be upon the itty bitty titty committee and then you know not have to (laughs) beautiful thank you yes would love to be on that committee (laughs) yeah certainly if I start like running I'll have to um to put something on but for the most part I've just embraced some droopage and so like 
gravity has been allowed to uh, to take hold to a certain degree. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there are some things I think about being in like a good relationship now, and and also a marriage, and or those couples who are in like long term relationships like you and your partner you just like stop giving fucks you're like who who am I trying to impress (laughs) that's exactly it I've been with my partner for 11 years we love each other very much and he doesn't give a shit about a lot of the stuff that I just thought was necessary or I was taught was necessary just to be a person or to exist and you know assigned female at birth and just to exist in public spaces where I'm like well I have to shave my legs and uh and he's like I don't care (laughs) so I'm I have fuzzy legs Um, (laughs) and uh you know and and with the bra he's like I I I do not care and I'm like really like I can go full like swamp witch like this you know (laughs) these breasts aren't like too like you know dangly like chimpanzee for you like (laughs) and he's like no, you look beautiful. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Embrace Swamp Witch. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag Swamp Witch. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, but it's true. It's like once once you enter into that zone, like I was talking to my brother the other day and we were FaceTiming and uh, I was wearing shorts or or yeah, I was the one wearing shorts and then he got like a peek of my leg because I was like showing the cats like playing around and being adorable and my leg just happened to be in the in the image of his view and he saw he's like, oh my god, ew, don't show me that. And I'm like, show you what? Like what happened, you know? <laughs> and he's like, your legs, they're like hairy. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like We had a talking to him, let me tell you. We're just like, wait until you are in a long-term relationship, buddy, because this is going to be a thing. He's like, yeah, "Uh, okay. Newsflash, (laughs) women are human. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was like, what about you? Like, what about your hairy legs? Do you think they're beautiful? (laughs) Like, come on. Let's be real. Like, we we all just got some fuzz. Yeah, well, and that's also the thing is, you know, like, I mean, it it really just like depends on your genetics. But, you know, I was paranoid about my leg hair for years. And, you know, and and, and when I started, you know, stopping shaving, and I was kind of checking in with my partner and being like, Oh, is this okay? I'm sorry about my fuzzy legs. And he was like, this is not (laughs) this does not register. He'd like (laughs) compare leg hair and be like, I win. (laughs) so uh so and yeah just realizing like you know what I thought of as being like oh ew gross it just really like just doesn't register like sure there are a lot of people like you know there are some women who have much hairier legs than I do you know and yeah I just thought it was a big deal or like I I had more hair than I did and you know and it just barely is a thing it's they're not that hairy it's fine (laughs) yeah I agree. I mean, and my my wife is half Italian, so like I try not never to complain about my hair. <laughs> she's got mm-hmm. she's got it a little worse than than me. Her hair is really dark, and I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna zip it because my hair is just lighter. So you know, like I look at my arm hair, and I'm like, oh, I see the fuzz, I see the glow in the sun, and then I'm like, you know what? It's more like it's like so blonde that it doesn't even matter. I'm just gonna think of it as like my aura, you know, just glowing around me, like. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm one of those like irritating people with Scandinavian blood, so I have dark hair, but my arm hair is blonde, and it's like, well, that is awesome. That uh, is lucky. <laughs> That's very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I've been, you know, because of those readings of yours that, you know, it's been uh, inspiring me to start reading to um, my wife all my favorite childhood books, too. So, oh, that's been really, really nice. We are having more intimate moments now because of that, and that feels really nurturing. And, um, you know, English isn't her first language, so for her, it's actually really helpful to have someone yeah. reading to her or reading along with someone. That's so fucking sweet. Yeah, it's been great. So I'm like, I'm very excited about that. You know, I would say like, there are other things I'm doing to nurture myself. Like, I don't know, the same things I mentioned for for self-care, like showers, tea and snuggles. But, you know, there's things like working on uh, being healthier, what, what I'm eating, what I'm putting into my mouth instead of just like, you know, cramming the food on in to drown the feelings. <laughs> Um, so being more like better with that, um, trying to eat more vegetables and portion control and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, walking around the lake, the lake here near my apartment is, is still very nice. Um, when I have that extra energy and I can go for a walk with my wife, we get back home and we're just like on the moon, you know, we're just like so happy. Like, it's just so nice. (laughs) It's really so nice, um, to have that with her and, you know, my parents, who live in New York, um, go around this lake near our childhood house. And every single day, no matter what kind of weather, really, no, no matter what kind of weather, they will, you know, hold hands and walk around this lake for 35 to 45 minutes, depending on which trail they take. But wow. every single day. So it's kind of nice to feel like I'm continuing that in a way with, with my wife, you know? Yeah. So I would say that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah, that's extremely nurturing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that, that like family practice of connectivity. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is. It's really nice. Not um everyone has a, a partner to walk around a lake with or anything like that. But I remember when I was single, there was a lake in Boulder called Wonderland Lake that was literally like my life. <laughs> if I was having a rough day, I would always go walk around this lake and it felt like very, very special to my heart very nurturing so I think no matter who you're with or what you're doing it's kind of it's always a good practice to get a little a little of the fresh air and looking at the trees and if it's sunny out really enjoying that sun while you can if you're gonna you know go back to your hole and stay there for (laughs) the next few days yeah getting outside is is really important to me too and I've been doing that you know if I can every day and I, I think I certainly like feel it if I if there's a day that I don't do it it, it kind of like starts to creep up on me. It, it's, it's a need. So getting outside is super important. And, uh, and whether I do or not, like I just take vitamin D religiously. Mm. And if I don't, I start to feel it. So I take 4,000 units of vitamin D a day. Man, I should start doing that. It helps with energy, with mood, with just feeling like right in my body, in the world. And it helps with my immune system, um, which I'm, you know, extra aware of right now. But mm, yes. <laughs> You and everyone else. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if I if I don't have the physical energy to go on like a walk outside, I have a balcony in an, my apartment. And so I just go and I just sit on the balcony. That's actually where I've been meditating every day, just going and like sitting on the balcony. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's, it's good to just get a little fresh air, even if you cannot make, you know, a walk on a trail or around a lake or down the street or... You know, just stepping outside and just feeling some fresh air in your skin does does a lot. Yeah. 
Are you willing to um, to talk a little bit about your meditation practice? We went to the same college, which is, you know, an unusual college that has a, a focus on meditation and incorporates meditation into almost every class. But if somebody doesn't have a background in that, like, can you explain kind of what meditation is to you or what you do or what your practice is like? I actually think I had like a really weird experience being um, in a Buddhist college where, you know, at first I was super excited I was really excited, like, oh, yeah, you know, I practice meditation already. So, like, you know, this is just great that I can incorporate it more now, like, with every class. But then, like, towards the end of school, I started feeling so much resistance to it and actually starting to hate meditation. And I full-on just stopped. (laughs) I stopped meditating. I've been learning to transform it a little bit more. First, like, I just downloaded a bunch of meditation apps onto my phone which is kind of cool. Some of them have like some interesting aspects to it. Like you can have um, talking meditation in some apps um, that you can listen to if you aren't very good at trying to figure it out yourself, like be quiet, you know, you just need like someone to kind of like uh, carry you through it a little bit before you're left on your own. Are, Are there some apps that you would recommend? It's been like a, like a, a recent download, but I, so far, because I like to uh, count my steps through my phone I have like a an iPhone and mm-hmm. uh, it counts my steps along with like a, a the help of another app but um it keeps it in my phone so it, it shows my the work I've done basically and so I would say mm-hmm. the the meditation timer it's called it's very simple it kind of has like a little brown icon with a person sitting um that one's great if you like to track your progress so I recommend that one. It's very, very simple. I always feel like the more complicated the app is, like all these extra little features, I, I get overwhelmed with it. I just want something simple. So if you want something simple, um, the meditation timer is a good one. It just makes a nice little bing, and then you just go into meditation and it uh, calculates it for you depending on how, if you want a minute, if you want five minutes, if you want 20 minutes, you know. Is is that the the insight timer? Is that the, the timer you're talking about? No, it's a uh, it's just called meditation timer. So yeah, they're they're very simple names. One is called meditation timer, and it has like a brown looking gong bell on the front of it with some leaves. And then the other one is um just the meditation one that calculates it into your phone, which is a little brown drawing sitting in the icon. And okay. then the third one, which is has some of the walkthrough ones. It's called Meditations, and that one's a lot easier. Um, the icon is like a, a white icon with a little person sitting in a lotus leaf. That one has um, like walkthroughs for beginners. So I think that one's that one's good if you just are starting out and you have no clue about meditation and you really need some guidance. I would recommend that. But I, I also just have like a different method. I kind of changed my thought around meditation and what it has to be. Because I think Mm -hmm. when you're in kind of like a Buddhist-based school, you're told this is how meditation is supposed to be. You have to keep your eyes open. You have to be sitting in this particular posture. But I really, I really truly feel like you can meditate however the fuck you want. Why put restrictions on it for yourself? If you can figure out a way that works for you, let it work and don't feel bad about it. And for me to get myself into a meditation, I actually make sounds in my mouth or in my throat that vibrate in my chest. And that brings, mm-hmm. it, it brings me to a really like calm place, like the the um sound, for example. And mm-hmm. I'll take a, a deep breath in and a very low, long 
exhale, like a very long exhale, where I just say, um, you know, and it vibrates in me. And it kind of calms my nervous system to start with, because it's easy when you sit down to just fidget like crazy. Or if you're outside, you hear like every noise ever, and you're very hyper focused on it. Or your mind starts like to drift off very quickly, like, oh, man, I shouldn't be sitting here, I should be doing this instead, you know, it's more productive, or, you know, you try to convince yourself as to why not to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's just my experience. I don't, I don't really know if it's the same for others. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And just to, to reiterate an excellent point that you made that I think is very important. You can meditate however the fuck you want. <laughs> I liked you saying that. <laughs> it's very true. So uh, yeah, so there's there's also an app that I use called Insight Timer. The icon is a uh, a singing bowl, like a brown or bronze singing bowl, just on a white background, and that's what I use as a meditation tracker. Uh, I like it a lot, and I think you and I should uh, put together a little list of meditation apps and maybe post that along with this episode. I think that might be helpful. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing what you're what you're doing right now. And I really love the knowledge that you're out on your balcony or your porch meditating. And also just knowing that you're, you know, having some some evenings cozy with your wife, reading some beloved books. That's that like that's nurturing for me, just knowing that that's happening. <laughs> yeah. That's it's really lovely. Great. And you, you continuing the family tradition of taking walks with your with your partner. Yeah, it's been pretty great. Yeah. Well, thank you so f- much for for talking with me, and I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm I'm glad I could do this. Awesome. And I hope you can uh, you can join me again. And we have we have a number of other things that we want to talk about in the future. Oh, we sure do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You bet. <laughs> In the, in the future, we'll be hopefully having a discussion about our experiences with some challenges with gynecology, with uh, gynecological trauma, uh, our experiences with IUDs, but certainly not today. Uh, right now, I think uh, it's good to just be focusing on quarantine and what we're doing to take care of ourselves and so that we can hear from each other during this time. So another time, but certainly you and I have some interesting conversations ahead of us in the future. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Lila. We'll speak again soon. Sounds good. All right. Take care of yourself. I will. You too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that was helpful. Please write in with listener questions and episode requests to podcast.findingok at gmail.com. That's F-I-N-D-I-N-G-O-K at gmail.com. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And a shout out to Elena. Thank you so much for writing. You truly made my day. I really appreciate it. This podcast relies entirely on crowdfunding, and you're the ones that are helping me make it happen. Thank you. A link to the GoFundMe can be found on the podcast website, and I share links routinely on my Facebook page. Please feel free to friend me. Hecate F-O-K. That's H-E-C-A-T-E-F dot O-K-A-Y. Thank you so much for your continued support. Please share, subscribe, and donate if you can. This has been Finding Okay. Take care of yourself. Your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep on loving, keep on fighting, and hold on, and hold on.
Bless you. Bless you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel like you should keep in all your sneezes because they're just, you know, adorable. 